Okay, okay. Folks, guess what? It's time for us to do our jobs. What? I should have been recording all of that dog murder stuff. <laughs> Casey would have loved you that. You can't keep using our good art for your own personal profit. <laughs> this is for us. Liz, that's literally the agreement that's that we have. <laughs> that's literally. It's all right to murder this, dogs. Yes. morning someone knocks on the door of your shared hotel room i think in that moment like unless unless actually do people think that uh i don't think we're there to the like yeah what 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 are people planning on doing oh uh would you have gone to sleep after the funeral i think travis would have slept i don't think we're going back to that room though because it is covered in blood and we're Mm. well i mean we're we're in service is quick. Oh, do you think that covered up the crime scene? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah, I I mean I I figured like John it wouldn't want to go back to like his own room, so he'd probably be staying with uh, uh, You know, what? I think we could probably have you stay on the ship then. Mm. Mm. Okay, yeah. That yeah. seems that I, seems yeah. I kind of like the the idea of the crew circling the wagons like that. So <clears throat> Who among you slept in the captain's quarters? Gable did, because Gable's the only one who's controlling the captain right now. Did anybody else join Gable for for guard or comfort? I think Travis is probably... uh, Jonnet? (laughs) Tell us Uh, what Travis is doing. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think Jonnet probably had, after the funeral... Um, several moments of like restlessness and going up to the crow's nest and down to his hammock. I think now he's down in his hammock, but he's prob- he's still probably itching and probably about to get up and go to the crow's nest again, but he's in his hammock. Then let's actually start with Jonnet. Jonnet, you wake to what sounds like a whispered argument on the deck of the ship. In that moment, Jonnet kind of starts up very very suddenly and he puts his hand where his pistol should be and he realizes that it's actually like on the floor with uh, the rest of like his his uh his things and so he he gets down off of the hammock and he goes and he grabs the pistol and he maybe just like posts up on the wall and maybe just hears cuz it's it's a little bit un unusual to be hearing whispers uh like that so he's trying to see like what he can hear Tremendously disrespectful and despicable practice. I will bring you before the captain for this. Mark my words. Everyone does it. It's not like it's it's an unusual thing. I don't see why we have to bring the captain into it at all. I could I could leave it alone if you'd prefer. It's just I'd feel better. I will bring this to the captain and you will come with me. You are lucky that I will not announce it to the rest of the crew. Announce what? 
in that moment, I think Jonnet, Jonnet is so, he's, he's trying to be determined, but he's also very defeated at this point. So he just kind of walks out into, are they in the hallway? Uh, they, they're on the top deck of the ship. Okay. You're, you're just hearing them from like probably the opening open cargo area. Yeah. So, I mean, John, it just kind of coolly just like walks up the, the stairs to the top deck and like, what are you guys talking about? Wilson jumps with a start. No doze is cool, uh, but you can see on his face, which, you know, normally emotions are very subtle. He looks furious, as angry as you've ever seen him. The two of them are huddled around the central furnace where just a few hours ago, Dref's body was burned. You can see that Wilson's arms are marked with ash. Wilson, have you been going through the furnace? Wilson's eyes are wide with fear. He's shaking a little bit, and he looks to Nodos, who looks away from him in disgust. Wilson, I don't think now is the time to be keeping secrets. Wilson hangs his head in shame and nods slowly. How about we all walk down to the uh, captain's quarters? I think that would be best. Wilson, take note that the boy knows how to comport himself better than you. Wilson, definitely, like, you can feel the shame radiating off of him, but there's a haughty indignation beneath that. Uh, He has clutched in his hand a bag. Wilson, I, uh, for what it's worth, we're all going through a lot right now. And I'm not doing this. I'm not saying that we should go to the captain because I don't trust you. Right? It's just we can't have these secrets going around right now. You understand that, right? He grits his teeth and sighs as Nodos roughly grabs him by the collar and pushes him forward. Hey, Nodos, he's still part of the crew. It seems you know how to comport yourself even better than I. Perhaps it is best that you handle this, but do you know what he has been doing? I don't. Uh, I just want to find out like, like, like you do, unless you know more than I do. I know exactly what he has been up to, but I will allow him to explain it to both you and the captain. Wilson, again, is ashamed, but walks forward towards the captain's quarters without being pushed by Nodos. Nodos moves to the back of the ship, uh, looking over the city of Bujanith. We have been through too much already. I do not have the patience to deal with someone who would be capable of doing something like that. Wilson continues on towards the captain's quarters. Do you follow? Yeah. John is, uh, I guess he is hanging behind Wilson, behind Nodos, maybe just trying to make sure that Nodos is, I guess, keeping his hands off of Wilson. He's very, he, John is truly exhausted. Mm -hmm. He just is kind of running off of this impulse that like, this is the quote unquote right thing to do. Right. Um, But he is, he's, he's beaten. Um, Johnny, where is Travis? I think he's in the captain's quarters with Gable. Okay. And what we'll say that it is sunrise at this point is very early in the morning. He had changed at the funeral. So he was a man. Mm. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The, there is a knock at the door. Are you going to get that or? Shut 
up. <laughs> well, Gable. Just, I'm just so weak after, you know, just, it just takes a lot out of me. Open to, the door. I'll open the door. You don't need to talk about everything. I'll open the door. I don't have to, but I like it. I know you do. We all like it. Uh, Gable opens the door. As the door opens, Wilson startles at your presence. You're very tall and very imposing, Mm -hmm. and you've made him nervous on a number of different occasions. The atmosphere here is dialed up to 11, so he he starts. But you can see that his hands are covered in ash, that he is carrying a a bag, um, and that he smells very much like the pyre upon which y'all burned Dref last night. Well, it seems we have a grave robber. Would you like to come in? Wilson enters the room. It's not grave robbing. What have you been doing, Wilson? He he sighs. It's reliquy. Everyone does it. What do you have? Well, it's a bit strange. A few bones. Um... He opens the bag and places some burnt-looking bones onto the table. And this, he pulls from the bag a heart Oh, that looks undamaged by fire. Huh? Is... How is that possible? Well, it's, it's magic, isn't it? Dref wasn't just a normal doctor. He was a magic doctor. Uh, and it's Reliquy. Travis, you you know Reliquy, don't you? Um, Let me look it up real quick. Travis, I think you have been around long enough and sure. in seedy enough circles that you might know about it. Roll a knowledge check. Rolling? Knowledge. Pot de nimois. Oh, it doesn't matter. It's all the same. Yeah, it's all I'm the same. as hell. We're all kind of dumb. But you're so charming. So charming. Uh, JPC was the only one who had any knowledge. Uh, (laughs) I I think for you it will be easy. That's two, yeah? Uh, Easy is one. Ooh. Yeah. That's very easy. (laughs) Uh, Nope. That is one advantage. So, yeah. Okay. You have not made a study of magic. Um, And although you've heard of Reliquy as a practice before, you don't know too much about it. You do know people who have dealt in it. For instance, the librarian, a friend of yours, uh, is somebody uh, that deals in it. As far as you know, it just involves the sale of body parts. Mm. Well, it's gross, but it's not illegal. You know, in the same way that nothing we do is illegal. Where, how it is illegal, but if you don't say what you're doing, then it's not illegal. Well, it's a safety issue, isn't it? Dreft's dead. We don't have a doctor. I want protection. Protection? How How will keeping his heart that is untouched, well, how is that going to help? I didn't mean to... I was just looking for some bones or something. Well, when someone who does magicking dies, you know, they leave a body. But people who practice magic can take that and use it in their magics. It's no different than using an animal heart or 
something. Wait, so are so you, I mean I, I get that you know the 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 spirit of somebody who was adept in magic can live on in their body parts and that would fuel into concoctions and 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 maybe elixirs of going on. But I don't know if does that explain this heart? How is this untouched? How is this so well preserved? This doesn't seem. Well, I don't know, but 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 that's the thing. That's Dref, isn't it? He, he had that university education. What is the captain doing right now? The captain is standing silently looking out the back window. Hmm. Look, Wilson, we'll cut you a deal. You give us the heart. You can keep all those gross bones. And we'll never speak of this again. Dref would agree. It's not like he's using them anymore. And anything that used to be part of him is no longer part of him if you want to keep your bones if they're going to have usefulness beyond his life why not yeah Wilson nods silently Nodo's scowls and I think he looks to Gable and there's probably a hint of surprise or reproach in his look to you but he doesn't argue Wilson hastily grabs the bone and leaves the heart on the captain's desk. Wilson, I guess in the future, you can tell us these things, okay? Again, you're part of the crew, and if this is important to you, keeping Dref's body, his parts, pieces... I didn't mean any harm by it. In I my, know. It's, it's, it's a common thing where I'm from. And, and we're not, we're not going to punish you for that. And Wilson, do keep us posted on... You know, how much money you make from selling them. I'm not. I would never. I would never sell. Oh. I would never sell. Well, then why are you taking them? For protection. Oh. Dref, Dref was a healer. Oh. If, I, if I catch a stray bullet or a, or a knife or a sword somewhere, there's no doctor to sew me up anymore. We will, we are, we will work on finding someone who's able to patch us up. We're not going to we're not going to actively go out there into the wild just without a doctor. Know that it's coming. And I guess I'll keep you posted on how much my bones sell for. What? But what? What? If you didn't take bones to sell? No. It's not illegal. Did you not hear me say that? <laughs> uh, Travis, what do you have? Just some bones. Whose bones? Why, you don't just sort of pick up bones as you find them? No. I never have, no. Can I roll to see if I'm mad? Uh, yeah, if absolutely. I do a bad thing? Yeah, I, I want to actually talk to Nodos a little uh, bit. Yeah, and, and this is something that uh, you can all form your own opinions about. I imagine... And to be clear, I ate the bones. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there, there's probably a very big Well, this cultural... is like that mechanical thing of, like, can I control myself? Yeah, um, yeah. Well, that's, this is a question. Travis, did you take stuff from Dref? 
Or are these just bones that you have? Little column A, little column B, I think. So, so yeah, I, so I like the idea. <laughs> Please, Johnny, tell me what bone or piece of draft does Travis have? Um, I think he took maybe a, a piece of like his jawbone or his teeth. Great. Bag of teeth. You have a bag of teeth. Well, uh, doesn't everyone have a bag of no. teeth? Where do you keep your teeth? They don't you just keep out. them loose? <laughs> okay. You just have loose teeth? No, I don't keep them. I, I think this is then hard if, right. if it is also Travis partaking in this practice. Right, Minnie. I can read these now. Uh, That's a big success. I'm cool with it. Great I'm success. Cool. Uh, That's two successes. Gable searches themselves for their feelings and finds more than anything a sense of numbness, a no desire to either reprimand or applaud. Uh, oh, no, go ahead. No dose. Um, I think since we're all here, we're all on the same team. If you have something that you want to say that you think is, is important that why you're so, uh, angry at Wilson, feel free to use this moment to speak openly. All right, we're not, no one's going to be reprimanded. This is an open dialogue. Dref served this crew in life, and he died for this crew. It is no mistaking that Dref was in Captain Oromar's room when he was murdered. We saw that there were dead Red Feather soldiers in that room. Dref is someone who I have known for. A relatively short period of time, but in that time I have not known him as a fighting man. And I saw that he struck down those soldiers. He did not sell any peace to this crew. He lived and died for this crew. Which means I don't believe we were entitled to any part of him. And part of the tradition of burning a body is to show some form of respect. Now, obviously, something strange happened here, and perhaps Wilson is right. Perhaps there are magical qualities to the body of our fallen friend. But I do not believe that entitles us to take souvenirs. Nodos, I... I hear you. All right, um... Dref was amazing. Right, and he did so much for this crew to protect us that we came to rely on him for that. More so than uh, for our medical needs than maybe anyone else that has been on the Uhuru. So maybe it just makes sense that people would find solace, uh, find comfort in taking a piece of him for protection. Right? It doesn't just stop here. Ormar, you've sailed these skies long enough. You know that if we allow this to happen, that everybody that falls on the Uhuru will become some relic clutched in the palm of some weak coward.
no dose. We are better than every other ship in this sky, all right? We run things the way we do things. We do things our way on this ship, all right? We we respect the people that are on this ship and we take time to hear them out. All right. We can't just assume the worst out of our own people. We have to stand united against the young bloods. I will respect the captain's decision on this. I'm going to roll to control the captain. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Please yeah. remind me. That would be your divine. Sheesh. Okay. Um, versus. You said sheesh. That's very good. I keep on losing these rolls, though, yeah. no matter what. <laughs> the, the question is, what are, What do you want the captain to do? I'll tell you when I see what the roll is. Okay, uh, so basically the way I decide difficulty on these is based it's on... It's not going to be that hard. Okay, yeah. okay. Then then let's call it uh, an average difficulty. This will stay, still take two strain from you to attempt, yeah. but... Ooh. Ooh. All right. So that is a triumph and a failure. (laughs) (laughs) Is that possible? Yeah. Um, (laughs) That is is absolutely possible. So what what is the, what would that? So that means Gable fails at whatever they were trying to do, but something really good happens as well. Okay. Uh, Then I know what that is. Gable was trying to get the captain to turn towards Nodos and shake his head, just something very easy. Mm-hmm. But instead, the captain turns around, walks around to Jonnet and puts his hand on Jonnet's shoulder. Ooh. Nodos looks into Captain Oromar's eyes, and obviously the man is unfazed and unblinking. Very well, as per your orders, Captain. Come, Wilson. Nodos leaves the room. Uh, uh, as Nodos is leaving, John is like, Nodos, thank you for being honest and talking about this. I appreciate that the Captain heard me on this issue. And with that, he's still clearly visibly upset, but it's that sort of upset where people have been reasonable to you, so, like, the wind is kind of out of your sails. (laughs) Fine. I guess. (laughs) Um, He leaves, uh, and and Wilson exits the room rather quickly, leaving the rest of you alone in the room with a heart, a sooty heart. What is going on with this freaking heart? (laughs) Okay. It's very strange. We can all agree. I can't keep doing this. We have to... I can't. I have to hand over the captain to someone else. I, I can't what? control him. That, no, I didn't tell awesome. him. I didn't tell him to do that. What? what? Maybe no one needs to control him. Maybe he's learning how to. I don't know. Be a little bit alive again. That's not good. I don't think that's good. I think that's bad. I. Do you, this has been. This has been getting worse and worse over time. I. I how long have you how long have you been controlling him again? A day, maybe. Okay. I think we need to kill him. But we kill the captain. He, no one no one wants to listen to us. Then we leave. Then we go to a di- I I don't know if you recall, but I promised the crew that I we would tell them 
everything. Once we had our revenge on the young bloods, we would tell them everything. This is part of it. And do you think for one second, once this crew of people who believe in mysticism and conspiracy theorists, do you think once they find out they've been living with the zombie for six months, do you think they'll let him live? But, but, but I think you're missing the whole point, and that's that we shouldn't tell them the truth and we should absolutely continue to lie to them. Why? What's the point? It, Lying got Dref killed. If lying is supposed to protect someone, it already hasn't. How did lying get Dref killed? He would have been killed anyway. I don't know. If it weren't just us, maybe someone else could have been in the room with him. I've spent a long time lying, and I'm still here. And I think maybe, more often than not, lying is what kept me alive. As this conversation grows heated, uh, I think most of the people in the room didn't notice it, but the captain has silently moved back towards the window of the ship and is now staring out the back. Can we see what he's looking at? Make a perception roll. Everybody? Make it a group perception, so that's just taking the highest perception I have four in the green. group. I have one I yeller. Have two. Uh, one yeller and two. Two green. It is going to be three green and one yellow is your oh. combined roll. And what's the difficulty? Difficulty is just average, so two. I expect this. Yes. going to see everything. <laughs> two successes and a threat. Okay. Um, so two successes and a threat. You can see the captain's sight line is obvious. There is a ship that is not far down on the docks that uh, surround this city that he is staring intently at. As you look at this ship, you can see that, that the flags displayed on it are bearing a familiar mark. It is the mark that was on the object that the captain took from the desk of the broker's office during your meeting. It is the symbol of the heart of the bandit queen. Does he still have it? Um, he put it in his pocket. He yeah, leaped out the window and grabbed it. Uh, if you have searched him, I, like in all of the commotion that happened last night, you, you might not have. Ooh, I feel like we should probably either command or ask for it and let the captain decide if he wants to give it to us. That's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. your character, you can oh, just yeah, take that okay. initiative. I will ask, it's like, <laughs> I, 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 it's always weird because like, I feel like I don't have like actual magical pull on the captain, but sometimes I do, as a player, want Jonnet to interact with the captain, but I just like, how does that work? Just uh, try it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so, uh, yeah, Jonnet just like, um, <laughs> uh, so it's like looks at uh, the table where Dref's heart is and back at the captain and is like, so, wait a minute, so... Right now, there are two hearts. There should be two hearts in this room. And then he walks up behind Captain Oromar. Um, Captain, thank you for uh, your help back there with Wilson. If you can hear me, please give me the heart of the Bandit Queen. Gable... I think your your triumph earlier, like you can feel this connection between you and the captain. And like I said, there are several set 
commands that Dreth has designed in his spell that, you know, you follow. Again, it's that keyboard full of marionette commands, and you can feel them as they are operated even without your control. Just the way a puppet moving under its own power, you would feel it pulling against the strings. He reaches into his pocket and pulls out the object made out of lapis lazuli the blue heart design is clutched in his palm and he steadily hands it over to Jonathan. thank you i i promise that i i will work to keep this safe the captain makes no other emotive response just lets his hand fall slack Welcome to the mid-roll. It's James, your game master. And folks, let's get this started off with a radvertisement. This one comes to us from Sean O'Hara and Spout Lore. Spout Lore is a Dungeon World podcast that follows a lifelong nerd's attempt to lead an artist, a comedian, and an improviser through their first tabletop campaign. Characters include Ving, the shape-shifting half-elf druid, Fat Billy, the nine-year-old halfling thief, and a music-loving barbarian named Tacoma Dome. The world and story are completely made up as they play, so even the GM doesn't know what's going to happen. Episodes are short and focus on comedy, fun, production quality, and collaborative storytelling. You can listen to Spout Lore at www.spoutlore.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Folks, I know you love comedy and podcasts, so this sounds like a pretty good fit for you. Also, I haven't seen enough Dungeon World actual plays, so uh, go check them out, please. A huge thanks to Spout Lore and Sean for sponsoring the show this week. You know we love you. I want to remind everybody that we've got a couple convention appearances coming up. I'm going to be at Big Bad Con October 10th through 13th, and I'll be extremely excited to meet some people out there. I'm going to be bringing a couple play tests, and one of them is extremely Skyjacks related. So if you're registered for Big Bad Con, be sure to look out for my events because they are going to sell out very quickly. Then coming up November 9th through 10th, I am going to the Thought Bubble Comic Convention in the UK. I'm going to be signing books there, and I have a really cool panel planned uh, where I'm going to be playing an RPG on a stage with some of my favorite folks in comics and role-playing games. It's going to be extremely fun. Finally, LA area heroes should plan on keeping November 16th open. We'll be announcing more stuff about it soon, but there is a chance we're going to be doing a live show in LA, and I really hope we get a chance to do it. I want to make sure that everybody is aware that I have a new book coming out on October 8th. It is called The Ultimate RPG Gameplay Guide, and it is full of my theory on how to be a really great GM and how to be a really great player. It's full of advice on how to run a game from a narrativist perspective. It gives you tools for creating imagery and metaphor on the fly, and game mechanics to pull theme into your play. It's also got lots of exercises that will work for you at and away from the table to sharpen your skills. You can pre-order it now by heading to bit.ly slash RPG Gameplay. 
going to a major online retailer by going to bit.ly slash ultimate gameplay, walking into a large brick and mortar bookstore like Barnes and Noble, or hitting up your favorite indie brick and mortar bookstore and asking for James D'Amato and the ultimate RPG gameplay guide. Before we get to the episode, I want to thank a Patreon backer, and since we haven't generated a new list, right now we're just going through names that we didn't read earlier and catching up with those. And this one goes out to Zeke Reinechus. Thank you so much. Now, if I happen to get your name wrong or missed you like Zeke, you can always send me a message on Patreon and I'll get that corrected as soon as possible. If you're listening right now and you'd like to hear your name thanked on air, you can always do that by signing up to be a backer on our Patreon. And if you want to be thanked sooner rather than later, signing up now would be a good way to do it because we're going to be generating that new list of names very soon. Also, if you sign up at the $15 a month level this month, you get Numenera Destiny and Discovery as PDFs for free. That is several hundred pages of role-playing game, totally free to you. Folks, you're basically making your money back if you sign up at the $15 level this month. And that comes to you courtesy of Monty Cook Games, which is right now running the Liminal Shores Kickstarter. So be sure to thank them for their generosity and check out that Kickstarter. With all of that out of the way, it's time to get back in the sky. Okay, so if we do kill him, <laughs> we should make it look like, you know, an accident. Like he... Now, are you on board? That's pretty... I'm, well, oh, if and only if we don't tell everyone everything. Why not? What does anything matter? <laughs> That's what I've been saying all along. If we lose this, if we lose the crew, we lose the ship, and then what are we? We're not, we're not the crew of the Uhuru. We're, we'll be scattered. Uh, uh, I, 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 I want to stay here. I want to stay on this ship. I want to fight the Youngbloods. I want, I want, I want to be a captain. You don't well, need to do that with us. But I don't want to do it with anyone else. That's very sweet. I want, I want, I want us to be united in whatever we decide. I just, I just wanted to put that out there. Well, John, it's I'm having a for, day. <laughs> I'm all for sticking around the ship as long as possible. It's very nice to have a, a place to, you know, string up my hammock and keep on my haunted Victorian dolls. <laughs> if, if we're gonna tell people. Can we at least wait? I, I know, I know. We, I was about to suggest the same thing. Yeah, it's, we have. I have at least some priorities, and first and foremost, we have scores to settle, and then we can answer these questions later. My intentions are first to discuss what I deem to be a massive failure in security with the broker, and whether the or not broker. whether or not he survives that encounter will determine how we spend the rest of our time here. This. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's the more I think about this, the more I keep coming back to the broker just saying that we would be under his protection, that that we'd be safe. And and yet and yet and yet Dref's heart is on that table. 
And where is the broker? Like, it's, it's unacceptable. This is insane. Maybe he can, you know, give us that bird for free or something for our troubles. We're oh, getting no. more than that bird. Two birds? <laughs> Three birds, Jonathan. We don't have room for I, four birds. I don't particularly intend to have him come out well in this meeting. Five birds, Gable. Where are we going to keep six birds? <laughs> Seven birds plus the three we already have is ten Gables birds. Gable's walking Step out the John, door. I was just about to John, it's gone. <laughs> are, are you just leaving the heart? Well, the uh, I, I, yeah, I kind of, I, maybe a small discussion about that, too. Because, yeah. like, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I, I was, I have a, a plan. Oh, okay. Well, let's stop talking about the birds. <laughs> okay, then we'll, we'll settle it at an even 11 birds. That's <laughs> I, if we're making an agenda for the next few days, maybe sometime after I win the falconry competition, I would love to bring Dref's heart somewhere to sort of get it appraised, both for its magical properties and its monetary value. If we, if the broker can't guarantee us safety, which he has not, we shouldn't participate in the rest of this competition at all. We should leave immediately. Mm. Because we know that the Youngbloods are going to keep coming. Well, we don't know for sure. Maybe they just wanted to kill him and that's it. They settled their score. We're good. Well, no, Travis, they know that they know that we know. All right. That I don't even know. uh, They they might be on the run for now. They might be laying low, but they know about us. All right. And if they know about us and they know about the ship, they are going to be coming for us because otherwise they're probably going to be assuming that we're coming for them, which we are. I'm sorry. I didn't make myself clear. We will not be able to stay very long because I have no intentions of leaving Burzaneth without another heart, as it were. Oh, romance. Fun. <laughs> I mean, maybe, if we get to it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jonnet, that Jonnet kind of like just the, the, the weight sort of <sighs> evaporates just a tiny little bit. It's like, oh, yeah, you and Hil- Hil- Hildred, Hildred, Hildred? Yes, it is. Yeah, you and Hildred. Is that... Is that going well? My fr- my best diary friend. it is. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's... <laughs> We're Man. all eagerly awaiting the next update. It was all going very well until my best friend died, so you know, uh, yeah. wrenching I'm in the machine. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Also, I think we should pr- it's the captain is clearly invested in that ship invested in someone on that ship. I don't know if this is something that we should be pursuing now, but it may be best at some point for the captain to get a little bit of what he wants in a visit. I don't I don't I don't I don't know how he works. But he's clearly invested in that ship. Yeah, there, and and him sort of moving around on his own a lot more does make me a bit uneasy. Perhaps if he doesn't join us in our adventures throughout the day, we lock him in here or gently handcuff him to some a, furniture. I have a feeling he's the captain is going to handle his affairs on Ooh, his own. Spooky. In that moment, Jonnet walks back over to the captain. Oromar, if you can hear me, I know that you have 
something that you want to take care of that has to do with that ship. But there are some things going on right now in our world that we need you for. And we need to know that we can count on you in any kind of way. And again, I really don't know if you can hear me, but just know that if there's anything in there that is comprehending this, if you give us some time, we will try our best to let you get what you need. All right. We just need, we can't have you breaking off and running off like that again. Jonathan, you're being very like empathetic and open I, at this. Yeah. Um, I like, I, and I think that means you're open with all of your senses, even the ones that you don't have full control over. So I feel like it doesn't fully open, but your third eye flutters mm. for a moment beneath your headband. You just get a flash of divine truth in you. Uh, you feel momentarily a connection between you and the captain similar uh to the connection that gable feels to the captain similar to the connection that dreth felt to the captain when he was alive and the captain winks in that moment johnny gets like very clear goosebumps down his back but he tries very very hard to like to like hold it together he's like and then he winks back And then he turns and then he turns back to Gable and Travis and he just mouths like, I don't know what that was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Captain. So we're gonna go take off now. Not take off, but leave for a little bit. He can still hear you, don't need to yell. And you're okay here to just sit tight until we get back. The captain doesn't move at all. <laughs> so if you understand all of that. Just don't do anything, and we'll take that to mean understood. I'm going to do a command while he's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck, fuck. Divine. Blah, blah, blah. Just to make him stay. Okay. So I think that's super easy. Yeah, that's got to be easy. Because uh, it's a dead body. That's only one purple when it's easy. Ooh. Yeah. You'd think, you know? This is brand wow. <laughs> four advantages. Uh, four That's advantages. So I think you you just wanted him to sit still yes. and stay. Uh, he walks over to his chair. Oh come and on! Sits down at the desk. He's being petulant. He's being petulant, <laughs> and I don't care for it. And I really, it's going to be very hard for me not to kill him. But we need to go. Sassy corpse. Johnny heads out. Uh, Johnny, do you still have the sword I gave you? Mm-hmm. Okay, you'll need it. Let's go. Do I get a sword? No. Uh, Two swords? You have bones. Make a sword out of bones. As everyone is leaving, it feels like Gable and Jonnet left the room first, which Travis, I think, leaves you. The heart is just sitting on that desk. Mm. Any queen of Dreff's heart. Dreff's heart, yeah. Is it beating? Oh, Uh, my God. You have not looked. No one has looked for that yet. Well, I'll I'll bring it actually if we're gonna we'll try and get it looked at. So yeah, Travis picks up the heart. As you pick up the heart. Uh, Travis takes out a handkerchief and picks up the heart with a handkerchief. Okay. Um then you just pick up that heart <laughs> and you pocket that heart. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Tyler, you it sounded like you were going to say something right before I cut it. Oh, yeah. Um, Fuck you, James. Cool. <laughs> bitch. Flip. Honestly, uh, I would respect it. I would respect sitting on that. <laughs> I was going to... It wasn't about the heart. It wasn't about the broker. It was... Don't remember. I think okay. it was just truly... I the heart so which brings me then to the threat that you all rolled when you rolled your perception check Mm -hmm. as you are leaving the ship you notice the thing that didn't strike you as so important earlier when you were following the captain's gaze Uh, looking over the side of the ship onto the docks you can see that red feather activity has increased quite a bit It's not so much that it's impossible for you to move around the dock um, or that it would be impossible for you to get back down into the city proper, uh, but there are patrols that you'll have to, that you're aware of now. Um, At this point as well, a raven flutters up to the ship and lands just in front of Jonnet and Gable. God. It's going to do the thing. It's going to do the it's, thing. All right. Just Let's go ahead. It. Just do the thing. All right. Get it, possessed. It grabs off of its leg a folded up scroll and oh. Oh. drops it in front of the two of you um, and then looks at you expectantly. Gable picks it up and reads it. There are two missives in the scroll. The first reads... Tiberius Youngblood was again God that fucking ruled Johnny I hate you so much it was so good (laughs) Uh, he did a vape trick Uh, with a pen he did a vape trick and a pen trick but not a vape pen Uh, it reads Tiberius Youngblood was again denied a request for information about the crew of the Uhuru as he was outbid by the broker the second paper reads, your tracking on Tiberius Youngblood has ended as it was outbid. Whoa. Wolf. The bird squawks loudly. Do Is we there anything else? pay it? What does it want? Uh, your, your, your released bird. Chew, fly. The bird starts to fly at Travis, pecking at his pockets. Hey, hey, no, no. <laughs> Stay away. Uh. uh- Gable pulls out like a copper piece and holds it out to the... The bird looks at the copper piece. How shiny is the copper piece? I mean, it's kind of shiny. (laughs) The bird like pecks at it, gives your group a withering look, picks up the copper piece and then flies away. Oh, 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 fine. (laughs) Bougie bird. (laughs) So... We gotta get. We gotta get to the broker. We gotta get to the broker. Oh, we should have. We should have asked that bird to to relay a message to to the broker. No. So what is? So that means that they made an offer. The offer was outbid by the broker, and then they made another offer. So what happened is you had requested during your mm-hmm. trip to the reference desk to be informed of every time Tiberius came in to request information about mm-hmm. you. You were updated with his most recent request. And then sometime after he made that request, he outbid your track on him. Okay. So, yeah. So now he could be researching us and we don't know. Okay. Well, all right. We got to speak to the broker. Well, 
Let's go. Yeah. As we uh, are like heading down the platform, I assume we're probably, I don't know if we need to roll anything to like be secretive with the added uh, red feather patrol. Um, but as we're kind of going down into like the city, uh, Jonnet like kind of turns to Gable. He's like, hey, Gable. Um, in the moment where the captain handed me the heart of the bandit queen, I felt this like connection with him. And I was wondering when you, when you give him commands, like, what does that feel like? It it felt like I, I had another presence in my head and I don't know. It just, it, I, it felt like I wasn't alone, but it was also hollow. Do you feel that with him? Do you feel it now? For me, it feels awful. Yeah, I. it wasn't pleasant. What I'm saying is that I think my nature is meant to be in opposition to whatever Dref was doing. Just because it feels really just disgusting for me. Mm. It may cause you discomfort, but you were able to connect with him in such short amount of time and with such ease that we're not going to get a lot of time to think about this, but, and we won't make you do it, but you should consider trying to control him a bit more. I don't know if I, I didn't control him. All right. I, I, I felt his presence there and it was uneasy because the presence wasn't my own. It, It was a body in my head that I feel like if it wanted to, it could move around and, 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 and be autonomous. And I just asked it and he did it. It was, it was strange. It was not pleasant, but it wasn't antagonistic. Did you feel as if it could occupy your space? It was startling to have it there. But maybe. I think we need to be very cautious. Yeah, that seems like the name of the game right now. But first, we got to see a, a man about a. Well, I was going to say a man about a bird, but we should just go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think we were we like walking. Yeah. Yeah. I think that Travis was idly just like shuffling and playing with luminary cards during that time. Dumb. Since he was being ignored. <laughs> that, was a, that was a two minute conversation. I like the but idea. But it's not of him about me. Doing like card tricks, trying to get people's attention. <laughs> like that thing where you can like take a card and make it kind of like walk across Oh, that's cool. Yeah. You know? It's like, yeah, yeah. we've seen them all before. Yes, you're very interesting. Scotty time to the great Captain Oromar Vale. I know that when we last parted ways, it was on bad terms, 
And while I certainly regret the threats on your life, surely you can understand my anger after you publicly humiliated me and cost me my ship. Despite this, I have decided to let bygones be bygones and put an end to our long-standing enmity. To celebrate, I have in my possession a cask of fortified wine of a truly fine vintage, one I would dare call the finest to have ever left the distilleries of Bougenith. I know this one. It's in a basement. We have to go. Well, hold on. Tragically, uh, were I to bring it out of storage, its delicate flavor might be unbalanced. There's bricks down there. Though the catacombs are dark and easy to get lost in, I must invite you to come down to my cellar and drink the long-lasting future friendship. Yes. Uh, let's see, I hope to meet with you in good help, Captain Alan Goody of the Nevermore. Mm. Now, we gotta do this right away. It sounds like it's got delicate flavors. I no, it feels like... I am interested to see what happens to me and Travis, though. Mm, mm, that, fun. That's a fun science experiment, isn't it? You know, if, I actually wouldn't mind it if, you know, I just had like an off night and you guys can go tr- uh, try your... Uh, I think cursed wine. And... Oh, oh no, 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 no! They would. Uh, they're going to wall us into the cellar, oh. so we starve and die. Oh, uh, it's you know, it's one of my sorry. favorite scenarios. It's a sexual scenario. Oh mostly, yes, yes. Uh, but it's a good opportunity for us to talk about the science of our bodies. Okay, let's so all talk about, about sexual body. scenarios. Have ever anyone ever done a pit in a pendulum before? No. What's that? No. Oh, it's when you get put at the bottom of a very big pit by some communists, and then <laughs> they they bolt you there, and there's a big pendulum that swings back and forth, and it gets closer and closer to you. And is there a penis on the end of it? <laughs> yeah, there's a <laughs> big closer, closer to oh, one of your orifices. The piss of the pendulum. The piss of the I, pendulum. You, I've done I, that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I just didn't understand you. Mm. So at some point, after it gets closer and closer and closer, you're just getting whacked in the face, and then you're just done? Yeah, well, no, you, usually after that, you finish up with an usher house, or uh, a raven comes in and tells you that your wife is dead and gone to hell. Mm. Oh, oh. I've, I've done that. Yeah. Well, but yeah, I was, you, you were that But raven. I was the raven, yeah. You, you get pretty... You probably made a lot of money on, off of raven play, didn't you? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Why'd you get out of the game? Well, it, morning happened. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> So it was just an afternoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know this is really inappropriate to talk talk about in front of John, but I think oh, it's important my. to have frank sexual discussions with our youth. Yeah, like, absolutely. Oh, yeah. You need to teach the importance of consent mm-hmm. and also ambition. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> John, if you're going to be out there laying pipe, you, you, <laughs> <laughs> you can't do it without creativity. Spit, you can't say these things. Yeah, spit. That's gross. Say pulling tail. <laughs> uh, uh, dicking down. <laughs> if you're gonna dick down, you gotta dick down with imagination. <laughs> uh. What about reciprocating? That's important too, right? Making sure that everybody's uh, taken care of and everybody's needs are met. Oh, sure, sure. Some nights, you're gonna be the one with your heart beneath the floorboards that's beaten and beaten and driving them to the brink of madness. In other nights, it's your turn to be racked with guilt. Mm. And sometimes you'll marry your cousin, and and then sometimes you'll commit a bunch of voter fraud and then die of an opium overdose or whatever. <laughs> Isn't that what happened? History is fun. <laughs> <laughs> 
I guess we should open it up. Janet, do you have any questions about uh, things you've been curious about? About? It's important to have an open line of communication with the adults in your life, just just in case you get into anything actually dangerous. Wait, so uh, about like, about like, birds and bees about being trapped in un, in floorboards just and, all those and, kinds of sex both. stuff yeah okay okay sex stuff uh well i mean when was the last time that any of you dicked down now this is a question i'm sure lots of people are interested <laughs> in hearing the answer to this this is an unfortunate question for anyone who might be listening it's and then, hmm. well, I, I and then also, I guess specifically for you, Travis, were you in another form at the time? Yes, this is an interesting question indeed. Actually, you know what? Forget my first question. <laughs> what? Give me the last time that you dicked down while in an animal animal form. Okay. Well, have you ever seen the Sword in the Stone? Yes. Oh it, no! It happens a lot, and it makes me uncomfortable because most of the time I'm not attracted to the animals. Hmm. Well, that's good to know. Most of the time. Well, now, is yeah. anybody going to ask when the last time spit dicked down? In we the are no, no. Spit. You keep telling us because it happens a lot. I, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if you didn't consider this dicking down, you freaky pervert. You're freaky. <laughs> you got me again. <laughs> 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 Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter at, at @campaignpod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. You can find more great gaming shows over at oneshotpodcast.com. Like Arms of the Tide. Arms of the Tide is an actual play about fighting for what's right in an original magitechnological world on the brink of catastrophe, using the mutants in the night system. Join Quinn, Joe, Chanel, and John, and revel in the laughs and gasp at the drama. The only thing standing against the apocalypse are a robot with a fondness for stray cats, a wolf made of living plants who has a bad case of depression, and a private eye who is so done with all of this. Find Arms of the Tide wherever you get your podcasts. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter at Tyler A. Dave, on Mainstage with Second City, or at IO with Devil's Daughter. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Travis Matigo was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs, or on his podcast, Dilettante Ball. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this production was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find Arnie on Twitter at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. And you can find more of his work at ATPTunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, spelled C-A-S-E-Y. P-O-N-E-Y, or on his own podcast, Neoscum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter, at Fiona Pup. The world of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. The role-playing game used for this production is a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system published by Fantasy Flight Games. There are no kings. Take flight, heroes. You've ever been kind And once for our friends Ne'er to rise 
twice to the dearest we're leaving behind who know we can never deny the call of the sky.